Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Yo, what's up, everybody? So we are back with another episode of the Thrive in Life and Faith podcast. I think that's the name with Remo and Lita. And so we're gonna um, we're gonna dive in today to our our latest episode. And like we said before, if you haven't been keeping up with us, we're twice monthly now. So that means twice a month. And so we have one episode this month already, an interview with Jarrett, which I think was a banger. So people should definitely listen to that. Um, and today it's going to be an interview with me and Remo, interview is the wrong word, Remo and I are just going to kind of like talk about stuff as we usually do, <laughs> and um, no. today's topic is actually really, really interesting, um, and we're going to talk about lament, and so with that said, like first let's say what's up Remo, oh also, it's Remo's birthday today, but it probably won't be his birthday when you listen to this, <laughs> but birthday <laughs> when it anyway yeah so if, we, if just you know wish that me it was listening to this your fake friend <laughs> <laughs> just know that it was his birthday and if that's you hadn't right. wished yeah. if you hadn't wished that's uh yeah you can explain yourself to reams but um yeah. i just feel like we should put it out no, there you know <laughs> i'm kidding no it's all good hey listen i'm just glad to be back on the pod uh, i feel like we uh this twice this twice a month situation is much easier on the schedule um, but mm-hmm. with, with load shedding, bro, I feel like we we're, we're working just as hard to find a slot where we're both available. Like between load shedding and our workloads, I'm like, nah, Doug. Escom doesn't want us to flourish, so I'm just glad that we were able to make time and we were able to hop on the pod to talk about something that I'm really. Yeah. More, the longer I sit with it, the more I'm passionate. The more passionate about it I become because I think it's a, a type of prayer and a yeah. type of language we've lost. But yeah, we'll dive into all of that stuff here in a bit. Let's do it. Yeah, so um, on that note, since you started talking about it, and again, we should just Remo preaches amazing sermons, guys. So if you're ever just chilling on YouTube, just this hit guy. Cape Town ICOC. <laughs> Give yourself a shot. Um, but yeah, you spoke yeah. about laments recently. Uh, so you're the guy between the two of us who's been learning about it a bit more in depth. So let's give the people a definition at least. What is lament? So yeah, so, so lament, it's quite interesting because... The more you do research, it feels like the more you realize many people come from it, come at it from very different angles. But but where I landed is lament is a type of prayer. And I, I add the word mm-hmm. a type of language. It's a way of communicating because sometimes lament, and I'm maybe going off topic already, but lament has with it words. It has with mm-hmm. it posture of heart, but it also has with it sometimes sounds and moments. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a type of language or a, a posture or a prayer uh, of expressing to God our greatest fears, our pains, our hurts, our confusion, um, and being able to really take that to lead us into deeper trust. So it's, it's, a, it's a type of prayer with an, with, an, with an end. It's a means to an end, and that is to, to, to land up in deeper trust. Um, it's not supplication, so it's not asking for stuff, though you can ask mm-hmm. for it. It's not complaining. Although you can complain in it, um, but it's a pathway. It's a, it's a way of processing life, in particular life, um, with God that leads us into deeper trust. Okay, what did you that's say? Interesting. Yeah, I was. Yo, my definition is n- not nearly as in depth. Um, but okay. I also I didn't really notice the 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 
the moments um, and the sound and like the general posture of laments. And so I, because for a while, I, only when I started looking at it, I just like, it's, it looked like the same thing as sadness to me for a bit, but I was like, those are just two completely mm. different things. And so, sure. especially because I started like reading Lamentations, like the obvious mm. place to go for me or songs. <laughs> and um because like the people's their homes are being like their home has been destroyed and like they're left to deal with the ruins and like they feel like god is gone and they don't know and i just think like when i bring it down it's just like it's like a deeper form of trust with god right and so Mm. it's the moment where like you don't know what to do next like it's like all hopeless like everything that you held dear is gone because that's what these people were going through and they yes. they're like where is where is like God in all of this? Um, and it was interesting to me, to me because there's like if most of it is like sad and like God you're gone like what am I supposed to do with mm. this? But there's still like like slivers of hope, um, like and trust, like all throughout yeah. lamentation still, and they tend to be like at the center of it, which I thought was really yes. interesting because the Bible does stuff like that on purpose. And so I think mm. like even with me it's like because i used to think like laments or like the deep sadness or like the deep grief or feeling of loss is like Mm -hmm. the opposite of hope but like lament carries like hope at the center of it anyway so Mm. it's like even if you're um even if things seem lost or like they are lost and things have been destroyed um you take that to God, but you take that to God because you still have the hope and trust in him. Exactly. That yeah. there's like, there is still something on the other side or there's still lights or there's still God in the midst of this, which is really cool because I used to think that, yeah, it's, it's the opposite, right? Is that yeah. things are gone, you deal with it and then you go to God or you're just like yes. angry at God and then you wait for things to get better and then you're like, sorry, I was angry at you, God, you know, that whole... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, 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 to me, I thought it was it, what you're describing is what I thought it was. I thought it was despair. I thought, yeah. I thought you have to be in a really bad place in your faith to lament, because mm-hmm. once you get to despair, like there's, like you say, there's no more hope. And yet, what it would seem, certainly through through um, through lamentations, but even the Psalms that David, some of the ones that are more popular laments, and then I think there's more than we know. Um, yeah. What you find is that it's. It's, it's actually rooted in the idea that God exists. He exists in the pain. He exists in the darkness. He's, he's still there. And it's a language of trying to almost reposition our minds, our hearts, our attitudes back towards he's still here. The city's destroyed. Yeah. You know, our homes are destroyed, but he's still here. And if he is still here, then it is hopeful. Mm. It is all possible. So it's a, it's a unique... And I wish, you know, there's, I live now close to a Jewish community and and i'm building up the courage to like go meet with a rabbi because i feel like there is a beauty that the ancient one language of hebrew has that we lose so much of coming translation into the english but also there's a beauty of the way that the world was and how people wrestled with how the world was Mm -hmm. you know centuries ago that we have completely lost in this progressive 
communism, wow, Rebo. A consumeristic, individualistic, <laughs> postmodern society. Maybe communism has something to do with it. I don't know. But, but just that picture of like, man, we've got to go, 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 go. Um, yeah. And yet life isn't, isn't go, go, go. And, and so to, to, to talk to the sermon, because Lita put it out there, what I've, where, where this thought came from is this idea of uh, Susan Cain writes a beautiful book. If you ever want to read a book, it's called Susan, Susan Cain. She writes a book called um, uh, The Bittersweet or Bittersweet. Yeah. I think it's just the title of the book. Uh, and it's this idea that both bitter and sweet have to coexist. And I think lament is the language for people who recognize that both coexist and know how to kind of uh, interpret and process the, the sweet, but we have to learn a way to, to process the bitter because life is bitter. It's bittersweet, but there's bitterness there. Yeah, I think because it's been crazy because as I've been learning to it, it's like even the way like Jesus's life, like then mm. you can see it as like a whole thing because you try to like separate how I used to. I separate like, okay, the moments that things were good, right? And he's preaching and he's nice and like things are well. Um, but also often mm. in the same moments, Jesus is getting like chased out of the city that he healed people in or exactly. he has to, he has to, um, he dies for us. And that's a great moment. But before, like moments before he's like crying on a mountain and he's like super sad because he doesn't want to do it. But he says, exactly. it's your will. And then I even think of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the first things he says is blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think it's just. I guess the way we don't often see God as like a source of comfort, but he mm. it's one of, and like you said, with the, the Jews and the ancient world, it's like he, it was one of the main things about God because the world, uh, they were always in exile or they were oppressed or they were fighting each other or like they were far from God. So they needed comfort all the time. Um, mm. And I don't think, yeah. I think, even today, we probably still need comfort all the time. But for some reason, like you said, our culture now is like, you got to just get up, dude. Just like yes. bounce back to your thing. Keep it moving. And so yep. we like barrel. So we like barrel through sadness. And we don't really hold emotions together like that bittersweet vibe. So if you're sad, you mm. can't also be hopeful. Or yeah. if you're joyful, you can't also be sad. Or like if you're happy about one thing, then that's it. You're happy about one thing. And then when you're done being happy about one thing... Then you can be sad about the other thing, but like, yeah, lament teaches us that we can exist in a space where these things coexist, right? And I think that makes things yes. a lot like more whole, because then you understand mm. joy more when you've been sad, and that doesn't mean like, exactly. or you understand like hope more when you have despair. I think that's the point of it is mm. like because it's like one life and one people, and so we have to figure it out as it goes on yeah but i think the other interesting thing um which we always bring up is like lament is like a community thing so these people are doing it together yes uh so can i can i <laughs> can i pause you before you get there because that yeah. that that's important but i think i think you 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 touched on something that i think is worth noting is mm-hmm. this the the way that the world moved and I, i'm gonna go a little bit secular here for two seconds but we, yeah. we often think Yahweh is the only God and therefore there was only Yahweh believed in in the world. And it's like, no, yeah. ancient people all over the world had versions of Yahweh. And particularly mm-hmm. coming from a, from a black African perspective, our ancestors were doing things. 
And even sometimes yeah. using that word for black Africans is triggering in Christianity. But I'm saying pe- pe- people have been trying to wrestle this idea of one, who is and what is the divine? But two, can that divine play a role in my life because my life feels un- uncontrollable? Yeah. Right? And, and what we've done is we have created, we have become uh, the models of our own deity. We've become our own divine. Or yeah. things or practices have become our own divine. So I feel sad, so I need to eat to feel better. Right? Yeah. Or vice versa. I feel sad, so I need to stop eating to feel better. And our different bodies react differently. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what, what one has to be aware of is that the, there is a narrative being pushed onto us that does not allow for us to exist. And you, you use the word there in a whole, and I'm going to use it holistic manner. Yeah. Right, because because for some reason, if I'm uh, and 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 I'll use a random example, if I'm upset about um, Manchester United losing a game, then I can't be happy for Liverpool be, winning a game, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's it, we've created a false dichotomy, and so yeah. I think what 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 one of the things that I think Lament says to to the particularly the modern Christian, the Christian who is young and particularly young because of this podcast, but is trying to figure out how do I, how do I walk faithfully through this? Because I do sense on the one hand, life is good. Like I really enjoy life and there's some really positive things, but life was also incredibly traumatic, incredibly challenging, particularly if you live in, uh, in, in a country like South Africa, if you live in some of our contexts, uh, what we see mass shootings in the U S all over the world, there's all this stuff that I have to process. How do I walk with both in tandem? And I think there's, to me, there's an encouragement to people to say both and are true and the, the, the God, the divine Yahweh can handle both and. You don't have to yeah. present perfect. You don't have to present happy all the time. You don't have to present even clean. Because if you read some of what David says in the Psalms about who God is to him as he laments, bro, it's not like, it's not reverent. Yeah. He gets too reverent, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't start there. You know, Psalm 13, he talks about how long, O oh Lord, Will you forget me? Like you've 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 abandoned me to my enemies, something to that effect. I'm like, dude, that's just that's like, you yeah. don't speak to God that way, and yet somehow God allows him to speak to that to him that way. Why? Because God wants us whole in front of Him, and God wants us to understand that there is a tension and there is a way to walk through this life. So before we even get to the communal, and I think the communal sometimes comes first mm-hmm. and sometimes comes after, but I think people need to be freed to say, hey, you can come whole, you can come with questions, you can come with. Um, feeling sadness, despair, confusion, fear, and you, God wants you to have that space to connect with Him in that in that way. Yeah, and you just touched on really two really interesting points. Uh, firstly, the psalm, and again, I think mm-hmm. we gotta like uh, like redefine how we read the psalm because we always make the point that the psalm, the person is better at the end, right? And so that's mm-hmm. why we read the psalm. We, we just want him to, we want to skip this sad stage. Oh, look, he's sad and he's talking to God like this and, and that and he's honest with God. But then look, guys, he comes out on the other side. So you can as well, right? And so yes. what, what you just said there is that the point of that is that to show that like God takes you in every state. So mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if you just feel like the initial part of the psalm and you feel like that for a yes. while, like that is, that's fine. Because the point of that, yeah. I'm sure that like, the way the Psalms was written, it doesn't seem like David resolved these things like boom, 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 boom. Like when he's saying stuff, like yeah. I'm sure he's there and he sits in that and he deals with that for a while. And he knows who God is. Exactly. And so there's that. 
Exactly, because we don't have a timestamp. No, yeah. sorry, I was just going to say, we don't have a timestamp. It's not like journal entry, 29th of January, 2021, and then journal entry, end of, 2020, end of 29th of January, 2021. No, it, it could be weeks. It could be months. Yeah. Because right? some of us are slow processes. Others of us are really quick processes. Right? Mm-hmm. So both and can be true. Um, and I, I, just, I was going to say, people, we, we shouldn't assume that David did this in one prayer time. We have to be open to the fact that this could be... And people who write, I know people who journal and people who write poetry, they'll say to you, some of these things are created over time, not in one moment. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so I, I jumped I, in on that. Yeah, no, but it's cool because that's where I was going. I was like, the, mm. is that you're supposed to be able to sit in those things. So like four months, four weeks, it could even be years. David, could, David went through insane stuff. And even when you read, because yep. sometimes it gives you the descriptions of what moments he's praying through. Like there's no way some of that is just like five minutes and then he's done. Um, exactly. And then the other thing is that like God already, and I think we say this all the time, but God already knows who we are. And I was reading something, I can't remember the book, I'll put it in at the end, but I was reading a description of like God's relationship with the Jews and the Jews' relationship with God. And it's this idea that the Jews, the way they saw God is that he, God is nearer to them than they are to themselves. And so I feel like mm, we have, that's beautiful. we have this thing we have this thing where we we think that God doesn't know the deepest parts of ourselves, but it's us really who don't actually know the real deep part of ourselves. Like we can have a solid relationship with ourselves, but I think the humility aspect is understanding that God knows us more than we could ever know ourselves anyway. And so you can take oh, yeah. whatever like whatever like fear um and sadness that you think is way too dark because you just discovered it. You can take that to God, and most times, all the it, like it's fine. Like God wants yeah. you there. Like Remo said, He wants you whole, and I think that is the point of lament. It's like it's God is looking at you holistically, so He understands that we mm-hmm. exist in a broken world. I think it's yeah. more worrisome, to be honest, to not be sad and to not lament and to not um, be affected by the stuff that goes on around. Yes, dude, and I think that's. I think for me where it started coming from was like this like and this really started for me in in in, in covid but i was like there's this like fake happy-go-lucky rose-colored glasses <laughs> yeah. faithfulness about some christians now now some people are genuinely just positive people i'm like yo shout mm-hmm. out to you please hang mm-hmm. around me i'm not <laughs> like i sit and i yeah. think what on earth are we doing bro like how like god you want me to live another day here like come <laughs> come back bro <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Please, bro. And, and, and so I had to wrestle with that. Like, I had to wrestle with why do... And what I found... Now, a lot of people, again, genuinely, they're faithful, they're happy, what have you. But what I found mm-hmm. more of was people felt like they had to put it on. I yeah. have to be like, I have to be happy. Again, I, a lot of my circles, students and leadership circles. Man, we move, but we, we in the ministry, they're looking towards us. Da, da, da. And I thought, dude, that's so inauthentic. Like, for me... Mm-hmm. For who I am now, most people know me as happy go lucky, laughy, haha, and and because that's most of the time. But us, Bali, man, I sit and I think about some of the randomest of things, and some of the yeah. most interesting things hit me deeply because I, it's like, but this is it's bad, like, like, and again, you know, it's good. There's some good stuff in the world, um, and I'm reading a yeah. book now where the guy says, you know, eventually we see the good, but man, it's hard, and I think we mm-hmm. we have to as to me, 
one of the best ways we can witness to each other and to our friends, and we'll talk about community in a bit, is we have to witness, again, holistically. And we have yeah. to see people as a, as a whole. We have to see people as, dude, you're absolutely fighting some demons while you're absolutely slaying some demons. And both of those are happening at the same time. And this is a safe and okay place to keep walking together through. Yeah. And again, I think that's probably like maybe the difference between the way the world was, at least publicly, and us like now. Hmm. We just, we compartmentalize everything. And so we do it with people and emotions and uh ex- experiences and it just it goes on because it's like it feels like it's the easiest way to do things right so it just yep like feel like we don't have enough time so everything is limited so we only have a limited thing to like experience emotions and life and stuff mm. before we go on so we can't spend like a second longer in the sadness that yeah. we should have been over like four or five weeks ago because people think Yes. Which is always the way we re- relate with grief is like people think that you should get over stuff. Like mm. moving on is like it's such a modern thing. Like okay, yeah. Like it, and I'm not saying like always be bitter and sad and like hold grudges. No, but like you can you're allowed to carry stuff with you. Like I don't think I yes. think we we think that moving on means like okay you leave whatever effect that had on you behind. And you just pretend that it's yeah. over, but I don't think that's it at all. And I don't, I don't even think moving on is a biblical idea, dude. I think that's just us well, and movies <sighs> and capitalism, etc. Well, well, consider for me, like for me, consider the text. So many memorial sites, so many, and then so and so put stones of remembrance there, and so yeah. many of these moments, right? And a lot of those moments, to be fair, are tied with really positive things. I get that. Yeah. But then consider the, the festivals that the Jewish people go through. Consider the fact that, and I've said this even of my own faith, I'm trying to get more and more into it, but why do the Jewish people have the same calendar year in, year out? That means like if your mom passed away a week before, you know, before Passover, every year the week before Passover you'll remember your mom passed away. Where our calendar yeah. on days looks the same, but we don't celebrate festivals the way they did. And I think, you know, for most people, Christians in particular, Easter, Easter and yeah. Christmas are, are the big Christmas, ones. Yeah. But but if you if you if you look at how how Jewish people and I think that's the thing, obviously Jesus says do this in remembrance of me communion, sure. But before mm-hmm. him, it seems the text the text seems to have this very heavy weight on the preparation for celebration. Yeah. What you go through to prepare yourself, the cleansing you go through. And I think there's something to be said there that that's part of the process of carrying what you're carrying from the previous year, carrying the grief, carrying the sadness, carrying the sorrow, and then being able to say, in in spite of the sorrow, there is one to hope in and trust in that is bigger than what it is that we are doing right now. Because again, to me, my father passed away now, uh, I think we'll celebrate six years this year. I'm getting the maths in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, six or seven years this year. And I... I contemplate his life, I think, in increasing measure the longer he's gone, Yeah. if I'm honest. But I don't... The, 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 the depth of the grief or sorrow is not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. But if I just forgot about him, there's things in my character that wouldn't change. It's, it's because I think about him. It's because I've had to walk through the grief and the sorrow. It's because I carry a sadness that he never got to see me at my wedding he never got to see me have my first child he won't lord willing get me let me see, get to see my second child 
Lord willing, I'll have a second child. Not he might come back. Okay, if people get confused. Yeah, there. yeah. But there's something. Yeah. There's something to say. Like, but I carry him. I carry his his way of being. I carry th- things that he said, and I carry them at a different weight now at twenty nine than I did at twenty at twenty two or twenty three or twenty five. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something yeah, to be that's... said there that that we gotta we gotta carry these things. And then I think on your point about community. Sorry, I'm rambling now, but. But on community, I think as a community, we have to carry those things. So one of the things I love about my siblings um, is almost every time we get together, we share stories about what it was like being kids. We remind each other of those stories. We catch yeah. up about what ha- what's happening in life right now. But man, we laugh and we remember. And we mm-hmm. talk about the hard ones. You remember when you got in trouble for this? Remember when this happened? And we reminisce because I think there's something that says to us, we're, but we're still all here and we can still walk together through this. And there's sometimes it's it's awkwardly silent because we're considering remembering my dad and, and stuff he said or did and sometimes it's joyful because we're remembering my dad and things he said or did and it's just this beautiful thing that i think the language of lament in community allows us to have that we we are collectively walking through something like that yeah and i think even in today as with the community thing and i feel like you said you need to go soon um it's the idea um that like i feel like if we lament together especially like in the position where people are with church and people in general and mm-hmm. things that they feel are not spoken about enough i feel like if like we lament and we were a place where people can bring their sorrows and then we can like dive deeper into them together like regardless of yes. where those sorrows come from regardless of how their sorrows came from regardless of if you agree whether they should be hurt by that thing or not i just think the idea mm-hmm. that like all of that is secondary to the fact that together we can be in our sorrow and still see that there's a God who doesn't want us to live in there forever. And I think if we can, like, move forward as a group like that, I think so much, like, changes. And I think there's just a much deeper, much stronger bond um, than the idea that we just need to, like, barrel through our sadness um, because, like, Jesus died. I think there was an example that we made... (laughs) plugging my own episode um there was an example that we made uh last week with jared where we kind of like we use easter as a like an excuse for people to get over sadness so like okay no jesus died so Mm. now that's it bro like there's no need for you to feel like all of that was on the cross so it's all good but i I think it's like (laughs) the complete opposite like i feel like (laughs) like there's more room now um to lament and to be hopeful because if like together we see we interact we all interact with this jesus who overcame death um and so like of course he has he he has space for us to lament he wants us to do that Mm -hmm. and he wants us to do it together um and and like you said i think that's why the bible is so much so full of like all these mourning um traditions and all the the festivals Mm -hmm. i think it's like an obscure story but like in judges and like jephthah's daughter um find mm. the passage because i don't expect everybody to just know that off the bat but like um <laughs> he makes he makes like a promise to god and he he put he puts he uses his daughter as a bargaining chip when he really didn't have to and so then it's time mm-hmm. to collect and like his daughter is about to die and so before she goes she takes all of her people and she like just wanders the wilderness because like her life mm. is about to be gone and then every year yeah. the daughters of jerusalem go there to remember that and i think that's so beautiful yes um like the story itself wild but like that tradition um if we can just do stuff like that like even sadness that's not ours but we can be there to remember when people 
are in are remembering their sorrowful moments instead of saying you should be over that now just sit with them mm-hmm. in it again and grow with mm-hmm. them and like mourn with them i think that's like christianity yeah you use the beautiful word there and i'll, I'll end on this thought is yeah. you use the word there and grow with them i think yeah. imagine the maturity of a community that can hold other people's sadness as if it were their own yeah imagine imagine what it would look like right. if, right. and again I, 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 i'm thinking a lot about this word of our, of our witness but imagine our witness yeah. when people know that in this place someone will mourn for my mother as if their own yeah but they will they will they will like they will be there wholeheartedly with me because they've they're so mature that they know that sadness is part of the journey they're not at least and again i'm not i'm not pleased i'm not shooting anybody i'm just saying they're not yeah. so immature as to say just get over it you know what i'm saying like I, there's a beauty there to me that i think um is hard to replicate and what i've realized realizing more and more sorry i say this last thing is also this has to be intimate <laughs> It can't yeah. be as a choice. Now, I think there's a lament for the whole church, you know, 150, 200, 250, yeah, whatever the number yeah. of people in your church is. But man, it's the small, it's the intimate group. It's the 10, it's the, it's the five, it's the three people that you're like, dude, let's walk together through this. And uh, I think, yeah, there's just this beautiful maturity available to us here. Yeah, well, uh, that was beautiful. That feels like a great place to end it. Um I don't have anything else to add. So if you don't have anything else to add, Reems? I don't. I will just say if people do want more practical ways, I know um, this is a, a terrible for me to plug yeah. it, but, but I did share some, some practical ways to start kind of practicing lament in your own life um, in the sermon. So we'll put that in the link, the link in the show notes and you can, you can hop onto there for that. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the episode, to those who are listening, and we will see you next month now, I guess. There you go. Sounds good. Peace. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.